So this is uh, from a recorded talk. I think it was recorded maybe five or ten years ago. And so when we uh, study the various uh, subjects that we learned in school, then it's normal that we have one degree of um, samadhi when we do that. Uh, but when we train our samadhi to be better, we have a longer attention span, for instance, um, and our minds are more well-established, then the quality of our studies and the work that we do is better. And so the benefits of uh, samadhi are many, and it gives rise to wisdom. When we follow this path of practice, um, then and when we develop our samadhi, then um, our mindfulness and our wisdom increases, gets better. And uh, this also leads on as well into future lives, um, that if we um, have these good qualities in our mind, we develop these, then we'll have a brain that is well-functioning, that is complete. And uh, this is the benefit of training ourselves in samadhi in developing wisdom as well, and that uh, we gain knowledge over what happens in our minds um, and also the feelings that we have. And so it gives us benefits um, in the present, both in terms of worldly things and in terms of the Dhamma as well. And so when we uh, proceed with our lives, um, we work, we study, and then we'll meet with success. And also, it allows us to develop this path of practice of samatha, this tranquility, peace, and vipassana, insight. And uh, allowing us to gain knowledge and understanding into the Dhamma, the teachings of the Buddha. And uh, what he taught was to have both mindfulness and wisdom, knowing in time with what is happening and letting those things go, knowing all of these feelings, all of the sense impressions that we experience and let them go. And here the mind is able to put these things down, to abandon the sense of self, and when it does this, then all of our problems are done with. So we see that now in the world, uh, in many places, in Thailand as well, um, there are many problems that are occurring, and we can't seem to find a way out. And why is that? It's because in the hearts, the minds of people, there's ignorance, there's craving and clinging. And if people live their lives guided by these qualities of ignorance, craving and clinging, then there isn't a path that will lead us out of these problems, but rather the result that we get is that of suffering. And why is that? It's because all there is is attachment, this clinging to a self, to me, to mine, my group. And so problems arise here. And this um, happened in the time of the Buddha as well. Uh, that the Sakyan clan uh, they were quite conceited, or had a lot of conceit, um, about uh, the purity of their clan. And uh, there was one 
a child who was born to a servant. Uh, but this child was so born to a servant of a Sakyan woman, but was uh, the the father was of a noble birth of uh, from another place. And um, it was only when this child went uh, back to Kapilavatu, uh, the capital of the Sakyan clan where his mother was born, uh, that he realized what had happened and uh, and how uh, his mother was of low birth. And when he left, he noticed that everyone washed the places that he had been. They washed uh, where he'd been sitting, where he'd been walking. And the conceit that they had uh, was this much. And he realized just um, how much these people uh, disliked him, how much aversion they had towards him, how much discrimination. And so he uh, became intent that when he got power, then he would destroy all of them. And so this happened. Eventually he did gain power, and um, he took an army uh, to try to destroy uh, all of the Sakyan people. And the Buddha tried to stop this two times, but when it happened a third time, then he realized that it's their karma. And so he took this army and uh, killed many, many people. And that was because of this uh, kilesa there of hatred. But the army that uh, killed uh, all of the Sakyan people, they also had their kama as well that they built. And they camped by the side of a river, and there was a great flood. And this army of hundreds of thousands, they died. And so we see that uh, the kama of ill will, of ignorance, of craving and clinging is like this. And these things, they give rise to arguments, they give rise to conflicts. And why is that? It's uh, because these problems arise. And there also people have wishes and desires for the same things, and that leads on to arguments. And uh, there's another case of this um, in India at the time of the Buddha, uh, that there was the river Rohini, which uh, separated the uh, peoples of Kapilavatu and uh, Devadaha. And they were arguing because of this river, because of the water in it, because it was quite scarce. And they were willing to go to war uh, due to this water. But Venerable Ananda came and he asked them, what's more important, water or your lives? What has more value? So these people, they regained their mindfulness and they answered that our lives have more value. And they thought, well, why would we want to kill each other then? Because of this water, what benefit would that give? And so they regained their self-awareness and uh, this allowed them to not go to war. They were able to let go. Uh, but we see that it's possible for people to uh, wage war because of lack of water, because of lack of resources like this. 
they have this sense of self and they have desires for the same thing and so they compete. Or if our views are different, then we can argue about them. Arguments can arise because of lack of virtue and this leads on to chaos, to confusion. We see if people look after their precepts, then problems like this don't arise. Uh, but if just one person has a problem and gives rise to problems, and this can cause difficulty for many, many people. In order for these problems to be done with, we need to reduce the sense of self and walk this path that the Buddha taught. In doing so, we develop harmony. We don't argue and because we have right view. We don't have this conceit. So the Buddha taught that in the beginning we need to sacrifice. We need to develop generosity. We need to look after our precepts and then we need to meditate. And this is a path of practice that's very important. Because if we have this generosity and sacrifice, then this gives rise to coolness, to peace, to happiness. Just like how the people sitting here, all of us are people with hearts of sacrifice, we've already made our offerings to the Buddhasasana. And this gives rise to peace in this society, happiness, coolness, and because each of us has the sense of sacrifice. But if in the society the people have a lot of greed and they don't know how to give, then this gives rise to chaos, to things being agitated. And so we need to take the teachings of the Buddha and put those into practice. And so we practice in line uh, with this path. But if our views are different, or the precepts that we keep, they're not the same, they're not equal, then this too gives rise to chaos. So in order for there to be harmony, we need to have actions of body, speech, and mind which are imbued with kindness and compassion. We need to share the things that we have. We need to have virtue and precepts which are equal. And then we don't argue because of differences in our views. This gives rise to concord, to peace. And why is that? It's because everyone has Dhamma. But if we're lacking the Dhamma, then chaos arises. And this is the case in society, and it's the case internally in our hearts as well. That if our hearts have Dhamma, then we're able to see into inconstancy and to change. And we'll gain mindfulness and wisdom, and see how all sankharas are of the nature to deteriorate. How with each and every passing breath, this body deteriorates. We can see that the body is able to survive because of the heart beating. And if this heart stops beating for just one minute, then this body breaks apart. The blood stops flowing. And so the body needs to fall apart. We also see with each heartbeat, then the time that we have left in this world reduces. And in the end, the heart just stops working altogether. Perhaps we get a heart attack and we die. And there are many senior monks who have passed away in this way. 
And so for us, we should contemplate this. But we don't contemplate in order to become discouraged or despondent. We don't become despondent in our studies or in our work, but rather we contemplate to give rise to heedfulness. See how these things, all sankharas, they need to deteriorate. And so it gives rise to energy, thinking that we must use this time to uh, complete our studies, to bring about success in our occupations. And we do this um, with a heart imbued with virtue. So like how when children um, study, then their parents support them uh, to study. They give them everything they need. You can see that the parents are like an arahant or arahants in the house and that they encourage their children, they give their children everything that they need. And so this is how the Buddha put it, that our mother and father are like arahants in a house. And he said that those people who kill their parents, it's just like they've killed an arahant and they'll fall into hell. But for those who have gratitude uh, towards their parents, it's actually quite difficult to find these people who really are aware of the goodness um, of their parents, what their parents have done for them, and have this intention to repay their parents. And so our mothers and fathers, they give us uh, what we need to study, to really focus um, on um, our education. And then when we succeed in education, we go out to work, and it's our, our turn to take care of our parents and to repay the goodness that they have given us. And this is what the Buddha taught for us to do. So even though people may be Buddhist, but if they don't take those teachings and put them into practice, then the benefits that they get from Buddhism is very little. And so if we don't study, if we don't contemplate these teachings, then we don't get much results from them. But being Buddhist, um, we should take these teachings and contemplate them, reflect upon them, and put them into practice. And through doing this, then peace arises. We should also listen to our leaders as well. And why is that? Well, if people don't listen, everyone just does their own thing, then a lot of chaos will arise. And so for us in this country, uh, we have the king, uh, king Rama the Ninth, um, who had built up much Barami, and who leads in a way which brings about peace. And so we um, take his instructions and we contemplate them, we think about them, and then put them into practice, and peace arises. We're able to abandon the sense of self, and this is something that's very important. So having this conceit, having ignorance, craving, and clinging, this gives rise to suffering. And people, they just don't give in. They hold on to their views and they won't let up, giving rise to the sense of us and them, splitting up into groups, separating in this way. But really, we're all just the same. But it's these kilesas which separate things out, which make these uh, discriminations. 
But like all of us sitting here together, each of us has breath. We all have this air element, and it's all the same, isn't it? The water element in our bodies, is that the same? The earth element, isn't that the same? The fire element, isn't that the same for all of us? But when we have ignorance, then we attach to these things, and a sense of self arises. Along with the sense of self, there's me, there's mine. But really, old age, sickness, and death, these are the same for all of us. And the things which we attach to as me and mine, we have to leave these all behind, and they all get burnt. We have to throw them behind in the world. This is what we call death. But if we don't contemplate death, we just overcome by this me and mine, then there won't be any harmony. So we do need to contemplate these things and put them into practice. Even though we have a sense of self in terms of conventional reality, we need to make that a good self. The bad things, we don't follow those because they just give rise to confusion. And the good things, then we put those into practice for the sake of peace, for the sake of happiness. And so we study these things, we contemplate them, and then we become intent on doing them. And we carry on until we succeed. And we also need effort to do this as well. And when we have this real sincerity, then we'll be able to succeed in the things that uh, we set our hearts on. This is true for our work. This is true for our studies. We will gain success, and it's also true for the Dhamma as well. So to succeed in the Dharma, we need to practice this path of virtue, of samadhi, and of wisdom, and to carry on until we succeed in it. Now to train our minds in mindfulness so that it gets better. In order to know the nature of all conventions, and just like how in Laos, when they chant, they chant in Pali, and then they translate that into the Lao language. In Thailand, we chant and translate it into Thai. And overseas, they translate into English. But all of these languages, they're just conventions. But the mind attaches to them. It gets deluded in them and thinks that they're real. It doesn't see that they are conventions, and this is true for all the conventions of this world, that we think that they are real things. And if we don't understand them in line with the truth, then we attach to them. And this gives rise to a being, a self, a me, and another. And we don't see the Dhamma. So we see that the Buddha was one who sacrificed a lot, that he grew up in a palace with everything that he could want. All the things around him, all the physical things, uh, were very comfortable. His life was very easy. But he gave all of these things up and went out to practice in order to find the truth. And he kept searching until he met with it, and he attained to the Dhamma. And then he took this truth and he taught it to us. And he told us to be people who are generous, to be people who have the sense of sacrifice, 
to be ones who have sila, who meditate, who have right view. And if our views differ, um, we shouldn't argue about them, because if we do, then there won't be any peace. But if we have metta, however, this loving kindness, then there will be peace. Whatever country, whatever society we live in, it will be imbued with peace. And so the Buddha taught that metta, loving kindness, is the quality which holds up and supports this world. And if we don't have kindness in our actions of body, speech, and mind, then this will give rise to conflict. And because uh, the ways that we're thinking, and because our minds, they don't have kindness, so they separate out into us and them. And this gives rise to chaos, and we just won't give in. We argue with each other. And that's because of the sense of me and mine, us and them. So there's a Zen story uh, which teaches about this as well. That there were two monks who were arguing. There was a flag which was fluttering in the wind. And they were arguing about why it fluttered. One monk said that it's fluttering because of the wind. The wind is blowing. And the other monk said, no, it's fluttering because there's a flag. If there was a wind, but there was no flag, then how would the flag possibly flutter? And the other said, no, it's because of the wind. And so they argued about this and carried on arguing with each other until their teacher came along. And he asked what was going on, what were they arguing about? And when he found out, he said, there's no flag and there's no wind. And it was able to be done with right there. And this is the point where you go beyond cause and above effect, beyond happiness and above, and above suffering. And all of these problems are done with at this point. There's no flag and there's no wind. There's nothing to argue about. And everything's finished with. So we need to take it to this point where there's no flag and there's no wind, where we're able to let go, we're able to enter into emptiness. But we see in society that there's a great sense of self in people, and then split things up into my group and their group. And so to get everyone in society to the point where there's no flag and there's no wind, it's probably going to be very difficult. So we need to focus on our virtue first, and be people and societies that are virtuous, so that peace arises. And we follow the laws of the land, because if there's no laws, then everything will just be chaotic. And so as Buddhists, we need to practice the Dhamma. We need to have sila, samadhi, and panya in order to bring about peace. And at least we need to bring about peace within ourselves first. And it's natural that our minds will have bias. And they'll be biased in terms of delusion, and biased in terms of love, in terms of hate, and in terms of fear. And these are the four biases that our minds uh, can get into that make us uh, lean to one way or another. And so when a sense impression arises, then the mind will lean in one of these ways. So we need to try and bring it back into a centered place, into the middle. So when the mind is afflicted with ignorance, craving, and attachment, then it will suffer. 
And then the suffer gives rise, suffering gives rise to even more attachment. So one person once asked Lumpur Cha why it is that um, this country is Buddhist, but and we teach about letting go, but the people in power and people, politicians, for example, they can give rise to so many problems. And Lumpucha he responded that these politicians, they're not arahants. They're not free from defilements. They still have issues of their own. And um, so it's natural that problems will arise. But for us, when we come to know about these problems, we shouldn't suffer over them as well. We need to let go. When we do something, we need to do it with a sense of letting go. And uh, so we contemplate um, as we're going about things. We contemplate this letting go. So when we work, then we need to be sincere in that work in order to meet with success and also to do it with loving kindness as well, to have this kindness towards all beings. And when we do this, then our societies will be happy, they'll be peaceful. And our minds will be even more peaceful as well. And we contemplate into the Dhamma, see that really there's no true self there. That all people who are born, they get old, and then after getting old, they grow ill. After growing ill, they die. And it's like this for all people. And when we see things in this way, then our hearts become lighter. We see the nature of old age, sickness and death, and we're more able to give up our things. We're more able to forgive one another. But if we don't have this knowledge, if we don't have Dhamma, then there'll just be confusion and chaos. So when we have leaders who are imbued with the Brahma Viharas, who have kindness and compassion in their hearts, then this gives rise to peace. And just like our king, one who has helped out this country in many things, things that weren't good, he's made them good. Things that are, are chaotic, he's brought about peace. Where there's been heat, he's brought about coolness. And this is dependent upon the Dhamma. So for us Buddhists, we should practice. We have faith in the Buddha, the Dhamma, and the Sangha. And uh, when we put this faith into practice, then this brings about peace. <laughs>